This last weekend, and in your personal family time, I know you've we've read quite a bit about the Christmas account from the Christmas account in Luke 2. But I felt in the Holy Spirit that we're not done with that. Um, I wanted to just take one verse and and uh, meditate on it with you, contemplate it, wrap our minds around a little bit, and our spirits around a bit. I think you'll find some rich treasure in it for us. And uh, this topic today in our series, Jesus' Life Refreshment uh, 2024, is on treasuring the tidings of the good news beyond Christmas. And it's just simply not right that we think of those at least four great themes and the salvation themes of Jesus, our Savior, in the Christmas story that uh, really are quite pervasive and permeate all the New Testament. And as we think about those today, what we'll end up doing is experiencing the beauty and power and glory of the best of the Christmas message every day, all year long. Our verse is Luke 2.19 which reads, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In her heart, And you remember that old saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer? Well, for a Christian, it's keep your friends close and the, and the word of the promise of God closer. That we're really designed by God to not just think about Christmas, the Christmas message, the salvation message during the, the weeks prior to the great event, that we celebrate, but also to recognize that God's intention, God's design is for us to to have those thoughts meditating and contemplating and permeating our thinking in a way that keeps our very bodies alive with fire because of how the Word of God affects us. It's a truly a powerful, dynamic, supernatural um, uh, experience to have the Word of God totally in us constantly. And there's four great themes from this passage I want us to look at, but I want to have a few more introductory remarks first. Um, the first is to clarify the meaning of, of of our preaching for this passage this morning in, in the Greek. In Greek, the word, uh, Mary kept these words, Mary kept all these things and pondered in her heart. The Greek word there is treasure. It's not just like she kept, them clo- kept the word close, but she valued it, she savored it, she she contemplated it was important to her. She was obsessed with that, with the with what the words of the of the shepherds message to her, and and because we've read all the way through the uh, Luke chapter two, the shepherd's story of the and the angels coming. I'm only going to refer to. It, I'm not going to read it this time, but I want to focus on this one passage. Mary treasured up the good news of the great joy beyond Christmas. It was something that wasn't just a Christmas event for her, a Christmas meditation for her. It was something that had possesses her, really possesses her mind and her spirit and her heart in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it does take the Holy Spirit for that to happen. The Greek, the word kept, means treasured. These things, interestingly enough, is the Greek word remata. Does that sound like any Greek word that you've heard lately? Jeremiah preached on the rhema word few weeks back, this is the same root for Ramata. So it's, it's, she treasured these Ramata, these things in her heart, these words, this, this breaking in of heaven on earth. It was something that she'd already experienced with the angel Gabriel giving her a, giving her a word. 
And of course, the con- conception of Jesus in her womb uh, from the Holy Spirit. This has got to have been com- continuing to rock her world. But what we have in the in the um, in the story of the angels coming to the shepherds, shepherds coming to see baby Jesus, and the declaration of the message uh, to Mary, to 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 the shepherds, to Joseph there, and and to everybody that would listen, is that is that this is indeed uh, an acceleration of what had already been uh, given to Mary. It's an amplification of it. It was a, it was a beyond her greatest imagination. It wasn't that uh, she was possessing a message. It was the message was possessing her, gripping her soul and spirit and even body. I think it just had got a hold of her. I don't think it ever left. I think she pondered and treasured through her whole life this rhema breaking in of the word of God in this event. She treasured up the good tidings of great joy beyond Christmas. Let's read the verse. In the, we already read it in the, in the New King James Version. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I, I think that the uh, Passion Translation paraphrase is, uh, is, puts it really cool too. It says, but Mary treasured all these things in her heart, these rhema words. All these things is that remata, rhema words. Mary treasured these, all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. So there was this meditating and owning deeply. And the more she pondered it and more she thought about it, the deeper it went into her soul. I think the treasure, the, the shepherds also treasured the good news, not quietly as, as Mary did, but do you know, have you noticed that when something good happens to you and God or you get a revelation from God, when you take the time to, in the leading of the Holy Spirit, to share it with an individual or with a group or with someone else, there's an amplification of it. You will declare a thing and it will be established to you. There's an increase of it. It's like you're reliving it all over again and it is even a greater experience. Now, that is not necessarily true of a good thing that might happen. A kid might have a good, get a good Christmas present that he really likes and then tells Grandpa and Grandma what it was and you know, they're, they're just... Uh, being polite to grandma and grandpa and ten. They'd rather play with the present than talk about it. But in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is this all what this is all about, you can experience something in God. But when you talk about it, because of the infusion of the Holy Spirit into the Word, and then in the words are uh, death and life are in the power of the words. And they that they that love it will eat its fruit. There is in the speaking of it, often such an increase of fire in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in your life, that it becomes, the speaking of it becomes even more power than the event itself. And I've discovered this with over 50 years of continually heralding the good news on the street that I never, never, ever tire of sharing the simple good news. And I often say, say the same thing, but each time... The Holy Spirit floods through me and in me, saturates every cell in my body with fire. And it, even when someone just says, I don't want to talk about it, or my, one of my favorite ones was, as I mentioned before, is, don't want to hear it, old man. <laughs> and one of my other favorites was, man, sir, you've got to get a new hobby. 
But you know, I can wake up, you know, Jesus said, let your peace return to you. So I keep it winsome and happy and walk away and don't let it shake me up. I just let the peace of Christ come back. And even in sharing it, even in sharing it when it's rejected, and I give a lot of rejection, I try to share the positive things. But honey, I can tell you some things <laughs> on the other end of it too, you know. But even so, I walk away with a smile on my face. Why? Because of the dynamic of the Holy Spirit in talking about it. The shepherds, marvel, the shepherds marveled at what God had done. And the, in the declaring of it, in the sharing of it, in the praising God for it, joining it with heaven's uh, chorus and praising God for the wonderful treasures of, the, of salvation in Jesus, there is, a, there is this ever-increasing acceleration and amplification of the beauty and the glory and the joy in the Holy, Holy Spirit. And, and that is that invitation to us is that whenever you have something really cool happen in God, or even if it's a simple gospel, sharing the gospel with a friend, the best you can do, you know, there is something mighty in that. God's, your feeble effort is, uh, is a, listen, listen to me. Your feeble efforts in sharing the gospel with somebody even when it seems like a total failure and you feel like, I didn't do that very well. I wish I could do it like one of the evangelists that knew song, but I just kind of just, I just bumbled along. I'm going to tell you what, that's a parable of the cross. God's weakness saves the universe for everyone who believes. And your feeble attempts to share because all of heaven's authority is behind your words. Amen. And all the attention of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit has an amazing ability not to just give everybody attention at the same time. And therefore we have to sort of spread his attention. He's not, it's not like he's just trying to multitask and just listening to you and helping you just a moment. He is giving you his full attention when you give any feeble effort to give some kind of testimony about Jesus. He floods through it, and in your words there is this increase of anointing and joy of joy on you. The good news of great, the t- good tidings of great joy is owned by you deeper and deeper and deeper in your articulation of it to others. Amen. Shepherds treasured up the good news by talking about it, Mary by pondering it. So both those dynamics are are so helpful. The crowds treasured up the good tidings of great joy beyond Christmas by marveling at it. And I hope you've learned that holy habit of marveling, have you? I, I hope that more and more as we go through our lives, when the difficulties and stresses, I mean, Brenda and I were talking about our one-year-old grandson, Noah, and how happy and content he is in life. And I was always looking for something to smile at and laugh at. and We kind of feel bad for him because he's going to, you know, life is coming his way, <laughs> you know. But if we can develop the holy habit of not, of recognizing that Jesus said, yeah, in this world we'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. My peace I give, my, my peace I give to you. Now my, 
I mentioned to you this before, but I feel like God wants me to say it again. My natural man responds this way in tribulation. Anxiety and grumpiness. But Jesus says, peace and cheer. It's the proper response. And I want to tell you, in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit is the only way possible that that can happen. And it can happen. And it does happen. In your life and mine and the, and the, and the um, Jesus life refreshment I want to give you today as you think about the new year is to, is to make a, a, a renewed resolve that I'm going to be a person that lives not jerked around by, emo, by emotions, good or bad, but I'm going to be a person that lives out of the values of the Holy Bible and I'm going to be a person that lives out of the principles of the apostolic teaching of the word. And I'm going to determine I'm going to be a person that lives out of my spirit who's always ready to praise and worship. Always ready to do the right thing in Jesus. In the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do it without the Holy Spirit. You're going to be pushing a motorcycle up a hill. A lot easier to ride it. But watch out for those stop signs. People crash into you. No, that can happen. Marveling. I like to say it just about every year. I love Karl Barth's expression of um, what Christian life is about. German theologian of the few generations ago. Christian life is designed by God to always be like a child playing in the forest and like a child on Christmas Eve. Marveling. I don't want to be a person that is controlled by negative circumstances, perceived negative circumstances that jerk my emotions around. I want to be a person that lives more deeply than that, out of my spirit, knowing all things really do work together for my good. I want to be a person that is always looking for stuff to marvel at. And I want to tell you, not just circumstantially in your life, but in the holy word of God, there's wonderful things to marvel at. Let's be a people that marvels this year in 2024. Every day, let's be a a people that are astonished with the surprise blessings of God that he reveals in the word to us in the course of our life. Let's be a people who are amazed. Let's be a people that are energized with delight because of who Jesus is and what he has done and continues to do for us. I want us to take a moment to look at, to leave the six, the the Christmas story from Luke and move ahead 60 years to the Apostle Paul's comment to the Corinthian church because it's so beautiful in its clarification of the role of the Holy Spirit in helping us to see that which causes us to marvel. As the crowds marveled when the shepherds told them their story. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 and 10a. But as it is written... I has not seen. Will you please look at this real carefully with me? Go like this. Okay. I has not seen, 
nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. You can't get it by just trying to get it. We can only get it by the spirit. Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus, didn't he? You can't even see the good things of the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again, born from above. But honey, if you are born from above, you see wave after wave after wave after wave of blissful marvel. And I tell you what, we were designed, created to experience marvel in God. Continues, you know, God repeats himself for emphasis, just like your mother used to say more than one time, look both ways before you cross the street. God also repeats himself for emphasis. First Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. You know there's a spirit of the world? Prince of the Pali of the air is control, controlling those who don't believe yet. They're pre-believers. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know. And the Greek word means, know means not just cognitively, but that we might experience. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The only way we get to know the good things to marvel at is by the spirit. So let's get after the Holy Spirit in 2024 more and more. Smith Wigglesworth, it's worth repeating. He said, some people read the Bible in Hebrew, others in Greek. But what I love to do is I I love to read the Bible in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I like what Benny Hinn says in his book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I'm doing a refresh on that right now in my personal readings. When the Holy Spirit entered my life, the word became life to me. No longer did I read a little bit of Matthew and a little bit of the Psalms. I opened the Bible and I felt like I was inside of it, seeing it in living color. The Holy Spirit led me to a great adventure in the Holy Scriptures. Hallelujah. Okay, let's rewind back to the Christmas account in Luke 2 for a few moments. Mary treasured at least four great salvation themes that are clear in Luke's Christmas account that she treasured by the Holy Spirit. We're going to cover them quickly. Mary one of the, the first one we've already talked about a few weeks ago. Mary treasured by the Holy Spirit deliverance from God anxiety. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you should be having severe God anxiety. I'm not going to try to help you with that if you don't know Jesus yet. It's a valid anticipation of the huge God anxiety that you will experience when you face him at the great banquet in heaven when everyone has the robe of righteousness that Jesus covers us with, the wedding garment. And, and Jesus says to you, friend, why don't you have your garment? Why are you here without a garment? And then he goes on to say, I never knew you. And he asks the angels to take that person out and he's cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. One of the things that haunts me, one of the things that haunts me 
and I don't let it. I don't get negative about it. I'm just saying that these are re- valid realities that we should be attending to. Is the is the fact that everybody has an opportunity to have a wedding garment. This horrible anxiety of weeping and gnashing of teeth because you find yourself at the wedding banquet with no garment covering you. Fig leaves at that point are just not going to work. You're just, your soul and your sinful self is just bare before God. And it doesn't have to be that way. Everyone can choose a wedding garment by choosing Jesus. I have covered over with the robe of righteousness that Jesus gives to me. I am covered over with the precious blood of Jesus and he lives in me. What a joy it is to know my heavenly father loves me so and gives to me my Jesus. When he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. Aren't you glad to be covered over, saints? And if you're not covered over today, you're not sure you're covered over today, you're going to get a chance at the end of this talk in a few minutes. We've got wedding garments available. (laughs) But once you've got the wedding garment, your job is to not be afraid. You are now hereby and know, the Greek word to to the shepherds was, do not phobos, do not, and the verb is do not phobeo. It's where we get, we get the word phobia. You are called as a saint, a covered over, righteousified, war, Jesus garment wearing saint. You are now a no phobia zone. You are a no, personal no-phobia zone. Yeah. Especially with reference to, the, to anxiety related to God. He doesn't want anxiety to get in the way of you and him. He wants intimacy with you and friendship with you. Mary heard they, the shepherds say it, and I can't help but think she saw it as a reaffirmation of what Gabriel told her. Remember we he told her? Fear not. Fear not. Okay, so my first uh, talking point. Yeah, that was that. Mary treasured by the Holy Spirit, deliverance from God anxiety. The second talking point, Jesus uh, helped Mary treasure by the Holy Spirit the great personal depth of the good tidings. Oh, I love this. It's not just surface doctrine. Man, because of the Holy Spirit, it goes deep deep within you. It goes deep within your soul. The Bible says deep, calling to deep. Deeper than you even can know of your own self, the Holy Spirit takes the promise of Jesus the Savior. When Mary heard the words as she was contemplating, as she's meditating on, as she's pondering, as she's treasuring the realities, the rhema words that she had just heard, she heard that phrase, Unto you, the angel said to us, the shepherd said to Mary, unto you is born this day. And the shepherds took it personally, and I think Mary took it into her soul. And Joseph took it into his soul. And the invitation to you and to me is in an ever-increasing way, own it. 
Take that promise into your deepest soul. Unto you is born this day. He comes to make his blessing his own. How far? As far as the curse is found. John Wesley, Jesus died for me. Forgave my sins, even mine. Can that just... The sin that the, that the Bible says uh, can actually even... Res- can actually even um, reside in a human body. Your sense, whenever you have a sense of, of your own um, Adamic nature, your Adam, son of Adam, daughter of Eve nature, can you, can you recognize that God has neutralized that guilt in you? He's totally neutralized it. And let the, let the message be owned ever so deeply and increasingly deeply. Unto you is born the city of day. And that's by the Holy Spirit too. I was on the way to one of our, I think it was Saturday night service last week. And I put on Spotify, you know, I had my car playing Christmas carols. And I got to drive in. I, you know, was, I didn't have time to stop and change when, the song came up. Christmas hymns, Christmas carols. There was a couple really good ones, a little town of Bethlehem, I think, and a few others, uh, Joy to the World. And all of a sudden, Jingle Bells? Doesn't Spotify get it? Spotify needs to get good saved. Spotify doesn't understand. The world might look and just see it all as one genre. Jingle Bells is the same as a little town of Bethlehem? Are you kidding? Spotify doesn't have the Holy Spirit, but you do. The Holy Spirit takes you deep into those Christmas carols. Those authors that wrote those Christmas carols, those Christmas hymns, they meditated, they pondered, they treasured. And in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they expressed. And when we enter into the singing of those songs, just like the shepherds praised God with the salvation realities that it possessed them on that on that. Christmas Eve, first Christmas Eve. That's what happens. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is taking you deep into your own salvation application. It's the Holy Spirit at work. It's not a one-time thing. It's his job. I am the comforter. I live out my job description. I take you deep into the things of God because that's what I enjoy doing. That's what I want to do. That's my assignment. I'm the comforter and I'm comforting you with the deep things of Jesus. Application. Another application. David talked about last words of famous people. I read recently the last words of Bob Hope, purportedly a famous comedian of the last generation. His wife asked him, Bob, where would you like to be buried? He said, I don't know, surprise me. (laughs) Why did he say that? Because that's who he is, that's his personality. But there's also a little bit of sadness in that, isn't there? That on the most important question of life, most important things of life, your last words, you have to keep it frivolous and light. 
There's a sadness to me in that. Compare that to Mother Teresa's last words. Mother Teresa's last words. A a three-word phrase repeated twice. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. See the difference? What's the difference? When you're born from above, when you're born again, you see the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit takes you deeper and deeper into revelation so that you're possessed with the promise. And it comes out in words of faith. Three, Mary treasured. Oh, I got to tell you one more thing. Yeah. Celebration of life service for an uncle I went to some years ago. There were people there that knew my grandpa, uh, Mickelson, I called him. Leonard Mickelson. My middle name's Leonard, named after him. I wanted to know about grandpa. So I asked some old timers there. And some of them told me one thing, some another. But this one, one lady, relative I'd never met before, she says, oh yeah, Leonard was a great guy, but he was way too religious. <laughs> and I knew my grandpa. I visited him when I was in junior college every week in his apartment. I'd go and talk to him for half an hour or so and just visit, bless him. I loved him. I love sharing things of God with him. He got, he was like the proverb that says, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter until the full light of day. He was deep in Jesus. And he got deeper and deeper in Jesus as the years went by. And he cried often in my presence just talking about Jesus. I think I might, might be inherited. <laughs> but... um that relative saw it different. Why? No revelation of the Spirit. Why did Grandpa see it different? Revelation of the Spirit. Hallelujah for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm going to talk next time about the about two other revelations that Mary got that reflect on this passage. I get to preach next week, so that's. That's one uh, kind of benefit because I always, God always gives me more than he gives me the ability to be concise with. So let's be done. Stand up. Let's have a few moments of silent prayer and reflect on this. praising God for the great treasure of deliverance from God anxiety. It's a beautiful thing to not be terrified of God. Loving dad. Let's pray for a few moments. Thank God for the treasure of the great personal depth that we've arrived at so far, but there's more coming, this remata, this fresh word from God, this making of the Holy Scriptures come alive. 
in a way that possesses us, not just that we possess them. And with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you've not started your journey with Jesus, and you know you need to be born from above so you can start treasuring it, owning these these beautiful realities. You can start that today, but but it's important that you confess it. I'm not going to call you forward, but I want you to just look up and catch my eye. If you are not sure that you are born from above yet, but you want that to happen now, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, and he's calling you, and you're responding today. I'm looking to my right my right, this right, far right section. I'll misunderstand if your eyes are open for any other reason. But if you're responding to Jesus and saying, I, I'm inviting him in, I'm getting started right now. Catch, look up and catch my eye. Anyone in the far right section? I can't see the back row. If you're doing that in the back row, raise your hand. Thank you. One there in the back row. Middle right section. Catch my eye. Anybody? My left middle section. Just right. Anybody just catch my eye? Thank you. So we have two people so far that are responding to Jesus, making sure they're born again. Anyone else in the middle, my middle left section? If I didn't catch... If I'm missing you, just wave at me a second. Put your hand up and then down again. Okay, two people so far. How about on the left, far left section? Anybody getting started with Jesus today? Okay, this. We're going to keep it real simple. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Salvation is a process, but it's also a crisis moment. And this is that crisis moment for these friends. Say this with me, all of us, together, right now. So it'll make it a little bit easier for them to say it out loud too, these two people that are responding. Okay, can we, do, can we serve them this way? You can open your eyes again if you want. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that God raised you from the dead. I confess you as my Lord. I am saved. I am born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I just called upon Jesus. Amen. Those you two people that responded to Jesus, your job before you leave the auditorium today is to tell somebody that you asked Jesus into your heart. could be a friend that invited you or anybody. It doesn't matter who you say it to. But it's a, it will decree a thing. It will be established. It's very important you do that. And also, I invite you to call me this week. And we'll set you up for baptism. If you'd like to be baptized next week, we can make that happen. We have a pastoral uh, care altar team that will release miracles to you today. If, here, if you need anything from God, you want anything from God as you approach the new year. Healing, some miracle, financial miracle tough relationship issue anything you want God to help you with don't be among those that have not because they ask not do not be among those that have not because they ask not let's ask for help humbly okay we love you 
God loves you. Happy New Year. See you next time.